Welcome, adventurer, listener, and kindred soul. You are listening to Starlight, a Dungeons and Dragons space opera podcast on the Ink and Virtue Network. Whether a new friend or an old one, we are glad to have you along for the adventures. The Ink and Virtue Network is dedicated to delivering stories of epic proportions straight to you. Whether it's listening to the impromptu adventures of Squad Luma or diving into the manuscripts of an author, there is something here for everyone. You can support the show by rating it, sharing it with a friend, or finding your way to our network's coffee page where donations help us to keep the magic alive. We appreciate you, and fare thee well, Spacer. Travel safely across the great expanse. Here we go. Roll for ignition. Welcome back to Starlight. We are glad to have you picking up right where we left off. Quick forewarning, we do have a baby, and um, Courtney's in the middle of... Uh, well, I, why don't you, you go ahead, Courtney? It's your thing. I, <laughs> that was a very awkward transition. I am pumping, because that's what a mom has to do at 9.30 at night. Um, because the baby's sleeping 12 hours. Yep. But my body can't take 12 hours. <laughs> so you might hear the sound of the machine going for a little bit in the background. Shouldn't be too long, maybe 10, 15 minutes at max. Uh, but so bear with us because, hey, we're making this thing happen. As usual, I'm Isaac, your host and GM. And with me once more, we have... I'm Courtney and I'm playing Ray Byrne. And we are going to be picking up from a, in a most interesting place where, I don't know, Ray's been talking a little bit too candidly about things and maybe someone wants her silenced. Perhaps she spoke to the wrong crowd, but we'll find out in this episode of Starlight. Neuralink, recall latest memories. Accessing. Stranded and sold into indentured servitude on the false accounts of the Fringer, Jorstack. Ray must now figure out how to escape her situation. Welcome to Pleasantville by the all-too-creepy-and-gross Mr. Hidoki. Ray is quick to make allies amidst a place of danger and factions. Taken in by the caring Loxodon, Amira, and her gray companion Bilgore the Wretched, Ray is welcomed into their home. But when intruders break into the hovel at midnight, chaos is sure to ensue. Memories retrieved. We're going to pick up by doing a roll-off for inspiration. Your D20 is under your notebook. That's what you're looking for. Um, I was looking for a pencil. Oh, I took it. A roll-off? A roll-off. 
That's a nat 20. No way. Way. That is a six. You I get, win. You get another point of inspiration. So now you have Ooh. two, Ray. All right. Okay. Also, just so you know, you have not taken a full long rest, so you only have one luck point left. Got it. Do you get, like, partial points back? No. Oh. Unfortunately not. All right, so... Bilgore's hand points across the way where two dark shadows can be seen. We're gonna get her. You can see the shadows hunching over. There's the sound of like something within cloth just something trying to get out. Careful. Open it. Bilgore looks so at you. Looks over at it. Amira is still sleeping. <laughs> and Bilgore raises its fingers. And he watches this, like, what starts as this dim energy begins to build. And then in an instant, it lights up the room, and he watches this energy goes flying across it with a. It slams into the chests of one of the people and sends them flying into the wall with a. And the zipping goes, and at that point, Bilgore sends out another blast that slams into the other person, sends them flying against the wall with the. <laughs> Bilgore, Bilgore, do you have a knife? Give me a knife. I need a weapon. It looks at you and just doesn't have anything. There is a dark shape that comes rushing across the ground. You can't quite see because there's nothing like lighting up the room. Whatever it is, it comes up to you. It seems to be about the size of a medium-sized dog, but it has quite a bit more weight. It seems to be running on, like, two legs just kind of waddling up to you, and you can just make out the shadow of what look like three arms. It sounds like flesh is parting open with the... And you can see that from the shadow of it, or the shade of it, the top of its head seems to be opening up with teeth on either side. There is a strange haze... These two claws come out from the sides, and they slash at either side of you. Just one claw going for you, one claw going for Bilgore. The first one is a miss, and the second one does hit the side of Bilgore. And then there is this ringing in your head as it starts to... Almost feels like its mind is forcing its way into yours. It's as almost as if like a pencil is being rammed between like your eyes. Ray, I need you to go ahead and make an intelligence saving throw. 19. It starts to fade off with a... Ray's glancing around really quick to see if there's like a fire poker. Go ahead and make a perception roll. Seven? You do not see anything that could be a fire poker. At the best, what you see is like a, a log that hasn't been put into the fire, but it's thick and unwieldy. And then there's also the leg of the table. The leg of the table is about 10 feet from you. I'm going to get the log. And try to shove it in its mouth. I want you to go ahead and make an attack roll. 
and with an attack roll, you don't get to add your proficiency to it. Eleven. And then it snaps at the log, almost catches your hand, causing you to pull back and you're not able to get it in its mouth. Bilgor getting to the side of you, it looks over in the direction of Amira, can't really like see her very well. And then it starts concentrating, concentrating. There's like a flash of energy in its eyes. And then between its hands, you watch as a single like ball of light appears, just and it lights up the entire room in a dim glow that's like this like low blue hum. And now you see the extent of the creature before you and the people on the other side of the room. You see a creature that stands reptilian skinned on two feet, kind of like webbed on the ends. It has these like clawed hands that come off of either side, a mouth that opens in the middle And it has these, like, teeth that ring the outside of it, so it's almost like a Venus flytrap opening up. And on the inside, you see the gray matter of what almost looks like a brain. There's not an eye on it. There's nothing except for a nose. And then on the other side, you see two figures, one dressed in tight greens, the other one dressed in dark grays. You aren't sure who they are or if you even recognize them but they both are still like trying to kind of put out this like singed little tatter of embers from where Bilgor shot these magic missiles into their chests. And then Amira looks over at Bilgor as Bilgor starts signing to her and she goes, no, not now, not here, they can't know. And then she gets up off of her bed. She reaches over to the sides. and breaks off a leg with a and then part of the bed just collapses as she hoists it into the air and she starts walking towards them. You're going to regret this. That was my good crocheting hook. Amira, be careful. (laughs) Falls over against the side, but he seems to kind of like find the wall. He's dazed, grabbing his head looks up as his partner grabs him and says, We've done our job. Let's go. The creature just stands, almost seems to take a huge sniff of you before then it makes this melee of attacks. These attacks slam into you, each one dealing seven points of damage as they slam into you, so 14 altogether. And then you feel this ringing again as the mouth parts open. And now you see exactly what this creature is doing. The mouth parts open, you watch as this brain extends from its body and almost like lifts up by a thin thread of pink flesh. And you can see like waves coming off of it as it's trying to pierce into your mind. I need you to go ahead and make a intelligence saving throw. Six. You take 11 points of psychic damage as well. And then, additionally, I need you to roll three die six. And if the total equals or exceeds your intelligence, your intelligence is then reduced 
to zero. What? Yes. Six, seven, eight. Amira, get that, get that guy. Don't let him get away. I wouldn't dare. Is there no like weapons around me? You want to do a perception roll? Yeah. Ten. The best things you see are like simple plates. I'm going to get a plate and smash it into this thing's brain mouth thing. Twelve. Amira gets just to the edge of the door. Oh, 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 me, here we go. And she's going to try and see if she can track the one that she hit on top of the head. Two. And she watches as he gets away. Bilgor raises his hand to two sets of magic missiles, slam into the creature on both sides. Amira turns her attention towards the creature, and she says, Well, no time like the present to focus your goals on something new. She ambles over to it, raises the leg of her bed, and as she does, she kind of like stumbles over some of the things that were knocked over and nearly falls herself, completely misses as the creature. Damn, husk taker! Bilgor again shoots it with two sets of magic missiles, dealing an additional two points of damage. It is the husk taker's turn as it continues mindlessly trying to get at you. Someone or something has marked you out, and it makes its two attack rolls. Bilgor raises his hands and just the the husk taker turns just as the first magic missile slams into its body, sending it off kilter. It falls onto its rump with a poof. It opens its mouth and its brain begins to descend to try and force its way into Bilgor's mind just as his magic missile hits the gray matter and it just explodes onto both you and Amira. Wow. I'm I'm really sorry, guys. It seems like... You're sorry you didn't do anything. Seems like I may have rubbed someone the wrong way. Well, uh, the only thing to worry about now is cleaning up this wretched mess. Really? Okay. Who breaks into someone's home to release a husk taker? Okay. Bilgorod, like, blinks and just sign something to Amira, and she goes, He says you'll have to clean out the flesh since you put all of those shards in it. It'll make a good stew for tomorrow's dinner. Are you serious? Oh, yes. What do you think you ate today? That was a flesh taker? Yeah, it was the flesh of a dead man. No. 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 Yes. Yes. Yes, I'm kidding. And she just, <laughs> and just laughs as she begins p- 
picking up the room with you. She goes, oh, that would be just horrible, dearie. But no, seriously, we're going to eat this tomorrow. You're so funny. Don't lie, that was Bilgore's joke. I just told it for him. And you look back as Bilgore is just signing. And she goes, uh, it's his personality that earns him the nickname The Wretched. All right. This this is going to be a great friendship. Oh, friendship. It's family in here, dear. Thanks. You're welcome. You, you don't know how much that means. Oh, I think you'd be surprised to know I've been around the block. And I mean, when 600 plus years, you better have been around more than one block. Yes, well, I've been around this block about a million times now. So husk takers aren't a rare thing? Oh, no, not on the outside of the compounds. No, no, this. This someone released in here on purpose. And judging by the way it went after you, you've pissed off someone. Can I tell you why, Amira? Oh, oh make it quick, because I do want to get some shut-eye before we have to get up in the morning. The work that you're doing in the fields and everyone else is doing, it, it's retarding, it's manipulating, it's hurting dragonborn eggs. To turn them into dragon chips. It's really bad. We're just gonna make make a make a straight charisma roll. Fourteen. For the first time since bringing this up to people multiple times, someone outside of Hidoki seems to take you seriously. Both Bilgor and Amira look at you as they finish up their cleaning, and you guys are coming to an end. And she says, Well, perhaps someone ought to put a stop to it, then. And Ray smiles and says, Someone should. Well. Bill Gore looks at her, signs something. He says... We can talk more on it tomorrow and maybe begin some plans. I, really? Yes, but at some point you'll have to give us the full story. It is a wild tale. I will. Yeah, tomorrow. Let's Let's sleep between now and then.
The next morning comes swiftly, and thanks to the help of Amira and Bilgor, you are shown what to do, where to go, how to line up, and very swiftly, you and much of the rest of the compound is moved into different sections of yards where dragons are being built. As you are ferried to them in these great transportation units, you are led out, almost like school kids, you know, being let out at the museum. There is a foreman who gives you guys your your tools that you check out. You are left on a platform, and down below, you see that this section of the asteroid has been terraformed to reflect a great sand desert that is within the confines of the yard. The yard being this huge, just couple acreage where parts of the dragon is being built. From your understanding, you realize that different parts of the dragons are built in in different areas and then they are assembled at the end with machinery. Your specific one has to deal with not the growing portion of it, but more of the, uh, it looks like you're assembling some interior rooms and uh, specifically getting it set with wiring and that sort of thing. And so within the confines of this like sanded lot, that has these pristine white walls around it with the towers looking in. You see up on scaffolding, almost like the skeleton of a dragon, what the interior is going to look like. They usually do this. They just put people into random places and see where they exhale best. Of course, those who don't have any skill are eventually just put to hard labor, getting the raw materials for the vehicles. But, uh... That's This is where me and Bill Gore excel, as we both have a, a background in masonry, so we do a, a lot of the rooms for the dragons require an artistic hand. You'll find sculptors and woodworkers who form the rooms, and, uh, well, you stay with us and we'll show you how to lay tile and cut blocks just right. We'll make sure you don't have to work. Any harsher elements than you need to. Thank you. And so, as you're working, why don't you go ahead and make combined roll of sleight of hand, combined with endurance, combined with athletics. And we're looking for a 40. I just want to say that that was two nat 20s in a row. 23 for sleight of hand, 23 for endurance, and 24 athletics. So that would be 66. You begin not only working, picking up what they are teaching you, but you begin copying in laying down with great haste despite the beating of the sun overhead and at many points when Amira needs a break you're able to bring her water before even Bilgor like notices and takes the time you just are excelling at all of this some of the other workers even notice some of them come for you for advice and you are almost as Amira says a prodigy and also the guards seem to notice The day comes, the day goes, and as the end comes, 
you see the guards get off of like a, what looked like a comlink call, and one of them waves for you to come on over. And they come. Looks at you and he says, "Your presence has been requested." By who? Taskmaster for the guild. Mr. Hidoki Sailorwood would like to have word. He is impressed by your exemplary performance. Please invite him to my home. Look, lady, it doesn't work that way. What was your name? Jeff. Jeff. What is Hidoki's role here? He is the taskmaster for the guild of Station 21. So he has a lot of power. You could say he controls the operations here. Right. Um, he tried to make a move on me. He looks at his friend, <sighs> looks at you disbelievingly. Go ahead and roll a persuasion roll. Nine. Look, it's not really my business. You've been invited to speak with the taskmaster... And from the sounds of it, he's inviting you for uh, dinner, for exemplary performance in the work fields. Jeff, this is not a dinner about exemplary performance in the work fields. Can my friend Amira and um, Bill Gore come? Bill Gore, the the wretched. Please. (sighs) She wants to know if... They did teach me these skills. They deserve some credit. She wants to know if her friend Amira and Bill Gore, the wretched, could join. Or I just say, yes, send them over, send them over. I mean, friends of hers are friends of mine. The boss says, yes. Okay. Jeff, if something bad happens... I'm holding you personally accountable. Okay. Amira, Bill Gore, um, we're going to have dinner with the taskmaster, Mr. Hidoki. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. That sounds quite nice. You know, I met him on my way in. He was, he was quite impressed to see a loxodon amongst his stable. And, uh, and, uh... Also quite impressed by a, a gray as well. He says he doesn't get too many of those. And he's, uh, he's, he's quite nice. Did he offer you the wine as well? Yes, and I requested juice instead. Oh, that's a shame. I drink two bottles. Well, maybe you can have more tonight. Oh, I, I planned. It was so good. I should have had four. Jeff, do you want to give me some inside scoop about Mr. Hidoki? Anything you know? I mean, what's there to say? Uh, he runs the place. He likes fine food, fine drink. Does he treat you well? Oh, yes. I mean, the benefits and the raises, it's, it's pretty good. Can't, can't complain. 
you know, if you want to, when you finish with your work in here, you know, you know it so intimately well, maybe you should apply. No, thank you. Oh, okay. Do you live around here? I mean, on my on days, yes. Where else do you live? Oh, Varash is not too far from here. How far is it? Five days travel. How often do you work here? Mm, usually two. Why are you asking? Just curious. I'm sure no one asks about your life. Well, now that you mention it, no, not not all that much, no. So I'm just curious. It's just Jeff this, Jeff that, Jeff go do this, Jeff call these people, Jeff transport them. No, not too many people ask. Yeah, it's about, it's, yeah, I, I work about two weeks on and then I get two weeks off. It works out pretty good. That's nice. Do you live with your family? Yeah, but my old gal doesn't think I'm much of anything, so it's a bit of a, oh, it's a bit of a working battle. Jeff, you have so much to offer. Oh, did you say his name was Jeff? I finally know a Jeff! Yes? But Jeff, you have a lot to offer. It's, it's unfortunate that you shouldn't see all the value that you bring. Oh, don't I know it. Make a charisma roll with advantage. Twelve. There's a little bit of a smile as he looks at you in the rearview mirror and he just goes, Yeah. Well. Hey, can I ask you a quick question, Jeff? Yeah. How did the dragons come to be? Oh, they're just built. How? Well, you, you saw. Hard work, ingenuity. No, no, like the dragons themselves. Oh, I mean, as far as I understand, there's there's a chemical growth that uh, almost like a we have heard it explains almost like a like a, a bacteria mycelium that's grown around the the shell. The shell of what? Like the 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 there's a oh gosh I'm not good with words. It's like a metal yeah, like a metal exterior I believe, and then they kind of graft this mycelium type thing that they've grown. I think they call it like a petri dish or something. Hmm. Here's a reason I'm not a scientist. I'm Do just you Jeff. You could look into it more. I just wonder, like, I'm so curious about the interior part of it that I'm curious to see the exterior part of it as well. And I'm wondering if you could share that with me. Like, you probably have access to those things, and I would just be, like, I'm, I'm excelling in the interior, and now I kind of want to have the perspective of the whole dragon. Well, I'm going to be completely honest with you. You kind of have it a little bit cush over here compared to some other places. You really want to be transferred? No, no, no. I just want you to tell me if you could find out, like, the (sighs) details. I can ask around, but, I mean, too many questions are discouraged here. They keep things kind of, like, compartmentalized. It's, they say, the best way that science works. Well, maybe ask or read papers or... Listen in on conversations and see what you find out. But nice to meet you, Jeff. I'll see you around. And I get out. Oh, it was so good to meet you, Jeff. Come on. Come on, Bill Gore. Oh, don't leave a stain on the seats. Oh, so sorry. And then the door closes. And then you guys are met by that same Cenotar on the and 
this time with him is a like bumbling shorter dwarf who is a little bit malformed himself and you actually see like the hint of a scale starting to grow on the back of his neck as he looks at you with these like beady eyes and the scimitar just says i'm on this way oh you talk of course i talk you have a voice that matches your body he leads you through the halls and the, the the byways to a totally different room that has been set with the dinner. And uh, the the senator says, Make yourselves comfortable. Hidoki will join you as soon as possible. For now, you can enjoy entertainment with this one. And then he pushes the little dwarf into the room with a... <coughs> <coughs> you don't have to be so mean. Who are you? Uh, well, I'm just, I'm just Hidoki's little brother. What's your name? My name? Stupid. What's your real name? Well, uh, my, our parents, they, they named me, they named me Felix. Felix? Yeah, but... But I'm not allowed to be. I'm I'm stupid. I think between you and me, you're Felix. Just like I'm Ray. And remember that when Hidoki walks in the room. Oh, well, it's uh, this is. Thank you. Yeah. So tell me about this place. How'd you get here? Oh. Who are you again? Ray. Hi, nice to meet you. I'm stupid. You're Felix. How did you know my name? Nice to meet you, Felix. <laughs> Can you read minds? No, we met before. We have? Yeah. Oh, Hidoki always calls me stupid because I can't remember things. No, no. You have a great memory. A fantastic one. Oh, wait, but I don't. You do. You don't. You do. It's very... Amira, remember? Doesn't Felix have a great memory? Make a persuasion roll to Amira. Ten. No, he has a really bad memory. It is an onset of some sort of issue. It's quite clear. It would be quite rude to lie to the lad. Hello, I'm Amira. Oh, oh, hi, I'm stupid. Well, Felix, it's... Oh, you know my name. Can you show us around the room, Felix? Oh, my God, I would love to. You know, that's one of the things I do is I show things and I... Please, come, come, go, come on. And he starts walking around the room and he goes, This is shiny. He holds up like a dish, sets it down. He goes, I call this one Pokey. I don't know where all the knives are, but they're gone. Felix. Oh, oh, this is my father. Have you been down in the fields? The fields? Like where the dragons are? No. You should go down there, Felix. I once read stories about dragons. Did you? Yeah, my father told me about them. Did you know dragons are in the field? (gasps) The fields? The fields. No. There's dragons.
How do I find them? You go down there and you investigate and you take notes while you're doing it and you draw pictures so you remember. Can you can you write that down so I don't forget? Yes. There's dragons in the field. And you have to take pictures. I'm going to go right now. Okay, but one thing. What? Rip up that paper in pieces so you can put it back together and puzzle it. So no one else knows what it is. But what if I can't remember? Okay, we'll just hide it. Put it in your butt crack. (laughs) (laughs) Make a persuasion roll with advantage. Nine. How about just above my butt crack? Great. Hadoki comes in with a walking in, dressed in an even more regal trim than normal. And he says, ah, my most honored guests. Hadoki. <laughs> oh, yes. Ray, was it? Oh, my girl, my girl, I heard the most wondrous stories. You seem to fit in right away. Yes, yes. Well, and this is your friend, the Loxodon, Amir, we are well acquainted. Amira bows lowly. And uh, they call you the Wretched. And Gre- Bilgorn. Bilgorn the Wretched. Yes, yes, titles be titles. You don't see me walking in and saying, Taskmaster. They're important. Well, many things are important, but we don't pay attention to them now, do we, dear? Well, the most important thing is that we enjoy a fine dinner to celebrate a wondrous start. Why, you've earned quite amount of coin. Why, before you know it, you'll be out of here and... Lickety-split? I think that's what the children say. Stupid. Come bring us the wine. Oh, 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 the wine. Yes, 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 yes. And take this. And he hands Stupid a note and he says, so you don't get lost. And Stupid nods his head and runs off. Thank you, Felix. Oh, oh, she knows my name. You're welcome. You really shouldn't encourage him. Names are important. Yes, so, so you tell me, girl. Names are important. And so are deeds. And that's why we are here to celebrate. Well, while we wait for supper, how about some conversation? Some radio to set the mood? Would you like that, perhaps? Oh, music would be most wonderful. Especially if you can get it onto an oldies station. Nonsense, my dear. We own the oldie station out here. You'll have all the oldies you could get. What with your whacking drums and tooting horns. Ah, it's quite cute what you, your kind likes. Yes, well, the heart wants what the heart wants. just as he is starting to get into conversation with you and it's all small talk but just as he's starting to turn the conversation towards like your first day 
the way in which you've excelled so surprisingly, despite that not being on your resume, a strange transmission comes in over the radio. And it's a garbled transmission and almost no one notices it. And you wouldn't notice it yourself, except if it wasn't for the way that Amir straightened and the way her trunk stopped moving and the way she set down her glass. The radio is speaking in some sort of like language that sounds like it's coming from a deep baritone voice, but it's in a language you can't understand. And just as quickly as the words came and the goose flesh kind of rose at the back of your neck, it suddenly goes away. And you just hear Amir say, Home. The dark planet. The planet in the dark. Home. And she looks over at you and she says, just as as Hidoki is talking to one of the servants and his attention's taken away, she says, Whatever your plan is, I am in. But it must happen swiftly. Home. It has called me. Where's home? I cannot tell you. It's a old way of Loxodonian knowing. But home, it has been recovered. And I, I cannot ignore it any more than I can deny breath from my lungs. And then Hidoki says, What was that, my dear? And at that point, I think that's probably a good place to call this episode. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, Naguvu. So... With that, thank you guys for joining in on this episode of Starlight, and we can see how Ray begins this plan for escape, and what exactly Hidoki wants with her, and potentially others. So, until next time, see you later, spacers. See you later, spacers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. We hope this show brings you as much joy as it does for us to craft it. Significant effort on the order of 10 to 30 hours of editing goes into each episode, and though it is something we will do regardless, any support goes a long ways. If you would like to support the show, here are a few tangible ways in which you can. Rating it 5 stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podchaser helps grow the show and allows us to broaden the audience to spacers who don't know their fans yet. Sharing it with friends or family does the same. And if you wish to donate to help keep our running costs low, you can do so at Coffee in the links below. Last but not least, a simple word of kindness and encouragement to our email below is enough to keep us going no matter what. Have a question or thought that you wish to be aired? Please reach out to us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com or our social media on Instagram at starlight.adventures. Now... Until next time, spacers.